Hey Jess, how does the guitar part go? It kind of sounds like doom doom Oh, like this? Take my pod, take my cast. Take me where the shows don't last. I don't care, I still see episodes I pay to stream. No more din, no more moth, no more take that helmet off. Now that Mando's off Disney, you can watch Firefly with me. Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. I am your captain, as always, Jesse, and we are going to have a lot of fun this week. Uh, before we get into anything whatsoever, even before we get into introducing anyone, I just want to say um, just a really quick word. If you're on social media of any kind, <clears throat> I'm sure you've seen a lot about Joss Whedon recently. Um Obviously, that's not really something that's up for discussion um, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I will say that where we stand on this is that Firefly belongs to the brown coats and no one else. Okay, Love keeps us in the air when we ought to fall down. And it's love that makes our home. And I can't speak for anyone else on this show, but I know that I have found a new home here at Sudden But Inevitable. And I am I'm loving it. So thank you all for that. Everybody listening, watching, subscribed, anywhere, just thank you. Uh, we can love this product and hate the process at the same time. So let's do that, and let's keep flying. So with me, as always, is our resident companion, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, how are you doing this week? Oh, it's been a week. I feel like I'm flying my ship into the podcast hangar. I've got holes in my hull. I've got my landing gear is snapping off, and I've got one of my engines smoking, but I made it here. I'm yep. ex happy to start the show, and best part of the week. <sighs> Excellent. Well, uh, we actually, our show is lucky enough to have its very own Kaylee, so I'll get in touch with our show Kaylee, whose name is Callie, and we'll see what we can do about your shuttle. Of course, it would be just plain wrong of me not to introduce our last two guests who are joining us in their Firefly first experience ever, Josh and Kylie. Josh, of course, is the head of the Twist My Arm Network. Josh and Kylie, how are you guys doing this week? Great. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a good one. Good week. Not as descriptive um, as Ricky D's, but I, I would say uh, on the same level, though. So. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, are we, you guys? We'll be good. Are you feeling the Friday night thing? Like the the end of the week? You're like, you know, oh, kind yeah. of decompressing. <laughs> yes. Well, unfortunately for me, I still work tomorrow, so tomorrow's my <sighs> Friday. Today is my Thursday. But fortunately for me, I did not have to rush home to get this show going by 10:45 because we are at a <laughs> New great time, same oh great faces. Yes, it is wonderful to be here this early in the evening. Kylie is still awake. It's yeah. amazing. Usually, <laughs> I'm like running into the room, like, "Hey, we're gonna start in ten minutes," and she's like, "Oh, <laughs> okay, I'm coming." <laughs> so, 
Let me be the first person to say thank you, Josh and Kylie, for making the sacrifice up to this point of having do you know been doing a show at ten forty five p.m. Mostly Kylie, Josh. I know you were working up till like the last minute on that, but still, uh, you shifted it. gears really quickly. So we appreciate that. Um, yeah, and, and we did one that other for thing... the entire Quest Me show, and yeah. it was just getting to the point where I was like, Ugh, something has has got to change because it was getting stressful. Yeah. You know, Friday nights are well, pretty busy at my job. <laughs> Well, and when your when your Friday night ends at two or three in the morning on Saturday, it makes for a long day. Um, on that yeah. note, I yeah. will say hello, Callie D. We see you in the chat, and I know that it's like four thirty in the morning where you are. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us. We deeply appreciate that. So yes, as we do. Yes, she can fix anything. As we do every week, uh, we are going to start this week with some corrections because we made some gore mistakes last week, you guys. Um, now, here's the thing, okay? I, I'm, I think there's only one. I think there's only one of these unless you guys have some. Um, <clears throat> so, this was brought to my attention, as most of our fixes are, by Shepard Saxon on Instagram and Twitter. And she immediately corrected me after finishing the episode. I mentioned a peacock feather hat pin on Badger. And of course, the pin was on his lapel and not his hat, which is where I said it was. It was definitely on his lapel. My bad, Shepard. Um, as things go, though, that's pretty good. I mean, usually we have like a whole list of things where we couldn't find it or I just misspoke or... You know, there's a lot of reasons that we could have to fix these. Do you guys have any other fixes, or is this like a record? We're getting good at this. No, that was like almost perfection. Excellent. Near yeah, perfection is all I ever ask. <laughs> um, so, and the last thing before we get into this week's episode, which again, oh, is I episode did have a five. correction. I'm sorry, I did have a correction because I oh, accidentally, so. my bad. Well, I had it in my notes. Um, I misspelled. Spatial anomaly last week mm. on the live video. Um, so that was my bad. I was doing it kind of quick, um, <laughs> and I just had spelled it. It's it's uh, how it's do you T. spell it again, Jesse? Because I always get it confused. <laughs> so to go to spatial anomaly, which is the Patreon of last week's guest David Black, you go to Patreon.com/slash s p a t i a l a n O-M-A-L-Y. I can't believe I did that in one take. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, we do have the correct spelling in the show notes, and the link goes to the correct page, but we do want to apologize to David. We're very sorry about that, and we really enjoyed having you, and we would really like to have you back. Yes, so thank you. If you're still listening, please hit us up. Yeah, I hope we weren't like, you know, at the end of it, you were like, I'm never going back. <laughs> right. <laughs> and... I can actually, spoiler alert, I've been in contact with David. He does not hate us, so bonus <laughs> points there. Um, cool. Sweet. <laughs> last last thing before we move on to episode five, which again is safe. Um, I, I just have a couple of things that I thought were really cool. So the Sudden But Inevitable rewatch has now been listened to in 13 states and Woo. the District of Columbia. And if you had to guess which state are we most popular in, which state would you guess? Ricky, I'll have you go first. Arizona. Okay, and I'm going to have Josh and Kylie go next. I don't know. I, I, I guess I want to say Colorado, but... Right? But 
Yeah, I, I'm going to just say that. Uh, I would probably guess California or New York. <laughs> so uh, Ricky is disqualified from all future guessing games because as an administrator on the SBI page, he can see that Arizona is, in fact, our most popular state. Ah, Shout out see? to all of Arizona. And then it goes that, Oregon, you know, then it goes New Jersey, and then it goes Colorado. Colorado is number four. So that I just wow. thought that was pretty cool. Um, Ricky, but since yeah. you're not allowed to answer, Josh and Kylie, how many countries? I run that page and I didn't even know that. No, no. You're good. How many countries do you think we have listeners in? Uh, eight. Ooh, very close. It's nine. Okay. We have the United States, Canada, Mexico, UK, Germany, Serbia, Denmark, Indonesia, and France. So shout out specifically to those countries and not the countries that I did not mention. <laughs> yes. If we ever get attacked, no, this will be why. And I'm okay with it because it will make people listen. <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, I am excited to hear that. So that's, that's all I got. Yes. Thank you. No, thank you. Like we said, everybody who listens or is watching Jasmine Seuss, is that Seuss or Soyce? Jasmine, Callie, Saxon, Rosie, everybody who tweets, Jasmine. shares, all that Jersey stuff. We love you guys. Yeah. It's it's so, it, the response we're getting is just so cool. Jasmine is our very own Kaylee. This is the way that that's oh, the girl. We have another who, Kaylee. That's our, that's our Kaylee that uh, we know oh, in real you, life. Oh. That's so cool. Except I remember when we talked mechanic, about, but well, <laughs> but I remember when we talked about that personality type, you brought up somebody where you were like, you just yeah. want this person to be happy at all times. You, you know, want to do everything you can to keep them smiling because they're so genuine. So welcome, Jazz. Thank you for joining yes. us. That's a big cool. shout out, Jazz, as well. Thank you for sharing our podcast this last week. Oh, it's a huge yes. help. We always take anything we can get with that. And we always appreciate the shout outs and shares so thank you yes and if you've been to this podcast before you know that there is more shouting out and sharing coming down the pipeline but yes i think let's save most of that and for right now let's just jump right in and let's talk about episode five from season one i'm sorry of firefly and it's called safe now this week we are going to have Ricky D give us the synopsis for this episode. Ready, Ricky D? Yes, I am. Take it away. All right. This came out on November 8th, 2002. Episode 5, Safe. Hang on. Wait. Stop right there. How old was everybody in, in 2002? <laughs> 14. Uh, yep. <clears throat> well, I, I would have been probably 13. Yes. 14. Uh, well, in no, no, in November, I was 14. In November, I would have been 14. Yep. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Blast from the past. Sorry. All right. So, episode five, safe. The crew delivers cattle to the rim, but Book is gravely injured when they are stuck in the middle of a shootout. At the same time, Simon and River Tam are kidnapped by locals while sightseeing in town. Mal chooses to leave the Tams behind to seek help for Book. Desperate, they turn to an Alliance ship. At first hostile... The Alliance officer they speak to provides medical aid after they see Book's ID. Meanwhile, the kidnappers belong to a community in desperate need of a real doctor, and Simon tentatively hopes he has found a haven for himself and River. However, the religious residents come to believe River is a witch and attempt to burn her at the stake. Serenity returns just in time to rescue the siblings. When Simon asks Mal why he came back, 
the captain tells Simon that he and River are part of the crew. Okay, so that's pretty good. That's pretty before good. we go anywhere, let's just start with Zach Efron. Anyone? Did you guys notice that young Simon was Zach Efron? Oh no, I knew okay. he looked familiar. But that's that's it. <laughs> okay, all right. It's his first ever yes. TV role. Like, really? Ever. Yeah, there you go. That so. is quite the callback. Heck yeah. So the first the first note that I have on this scene is that it feels like, to me, this whole first flashback scene feels like an anime scene. Like, the composition of it and, like, the detailing and the lighting and the overly heavy expositional dialogue where every character calls every other character by their first name, like... Oh, hello, father. Hello, son. Hello, sister, River. Hello, brother, Simon. You know, like, it's very, it's a little bit stilted. Um, but I actually, I think it fits, and right? Like, it's it's a merging of the Eastern and Western styles. Go ahead, Ricky. Uh, at this point in the episode, it kind of seems like it'd be pretty sweet to live under a lion's control, right? Like, yeah. uh, I mean, you got this giant, awesome house. Your dad is this world renowned doctor. You, you're going to grow up to be a doctor. Your sister is a genius. Uh, like, everything is going to turn out great. And it's because the Alliance has made this perfect world. That's what we're seeing mm -hmm. at this point in the episode. Why right. wouldn't you want to live under Alliance rule? Right. And it's it definitely paints that. Um like we were talking about last week with David, it paints that immediate contrast for the societal tier that the Tams are from, right? Like, oh, they've got money. The rest of the crew it does not come from money, but the Tams do. Um, the dad kind of looks even like an anime character to me. Like he's got some very long jowls. Are these jowls right here? These lines? These lines on his face are really long, like an anime character. And he's like, Is that what, you know, know. Yeah, <laughs> his his lines felt like he was reading them off of a page to me, um, mm. but he he kind of seems compassionate in that first flashback scene. Like he wants his kids to succeed. He's you know making funny jokes. He's like, yeah, your mom's the one in charge. You know all this, and he seems like kind of maybe he's a nice dad. You know he's got some money, but he hasn't been corrupted by it yet, and he's he's just a, a hardworking dad. He seems to be an all right guy in that first flashback what did you guys think of that first flashback josh and kylie uh yeah yeah he seemed he seemed okay until i don't know he just seemed to favor his son a little bit more it just kind of seemed mm -hmm. like through all of those flashbacks they seemed to favor him like he was going to be the successful one and that his sister was going to find her way right you know like and to me that just kind of, that's just kind of the assumption that you know, oh, she's going to find herself a rich man to take care of her or something. Don't worry about her right. genius ways. She'll she'll figure something out. Yeah, it's um, cool that she's a genius, but it kind of doesn't matter, right? Like, she yeah. doesn't need to be a genius. It's okay. You've, you'll be a genius. Worst case scenario, you take care of her because you'll be a rich doctor, you know? Right. And um, ironically enough, that's exactly what's happening. What did you think, Kylie? Um, I... I guess in the first flash flashback, I would have to agree with Ricky that it was a uh, very 
you know, all, all is well, life is happy, everything is good. But then in the other flashbacks, you know, in the later in the episode, I did pick up that like she just wasn't as important to the parents, and so. Yeah, yeah, he had he had some favoritism going on, and you can't necessarily yeah. immediately tell is it like a sexist favoritism or is he just, you know, not thinking that far ahead? Is he like, let it's me deal with first this one son kid. mentality? Yeah, first born, yeah, that's yeah sees himself it's, in the kid, things like that. Yeah. Speaking of, um, shouldn't maybe one of the Tam parents be Asian? Just like, isn't isn't that name sort of like? Meant to be an Asian surname. It definitely is. Damn. They mentioned that in commentary at one point, and it's not necessarily that one of the parents should be Asian. It was just kind of to give Asian flair to, or Asian feeling to the show. Oh, okay, and to give to give like a sense of permeation of that culture. Yeah, right. Like now, that's just as common of a last name as Smith. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Um, I like that we go from this flashback to the ship. And now Mal is the new dad, who's what about, like, you know. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. But what about when no, River no, said good. the brown coats were invading on dinosaurs? That was a <laughs> right. great way to show what uh, people under the Alliance rule think of the brown coats. I mean, right. that was an exaggeration, it little... but it's still right. they're these fantastical barbarians, basically. And it shows you the the propaganda arm of the alliance, right? Mm -hmm. Like they tell little kids they rode it on dinosaurs and this, that, and the other thing, and kind of a cool, you know, phantom callback for people that weren't able to watch Serenity as the pilot to like the moment with Wash playing with the dinosaurs, you know, right after we have the Serenity Valley thing going on. Um, so what I was saying was, after we finish this flashback, we cut to Serenity. And Mal is now the new dad, right? He's like, what is going on in your room? Why are you guys fighting? She's making a lot of noise. Okay, she's swearing now. Like, he's definitely the new dad. But he comes in and is essentially, okay, look, Simon, I'm a cool dad, okay? I'm cool with a lot of stuff. I will let you stay up late. You can have your friends over. You can eat pizza in your room. Like, you can have your own TV in there. But I draw the line at you having people break stuff for no reason, right? Like, I'm trying to be cool here. And it just it gives you this nice little additional sibling dynamic, right? Because Simon and River are always going to be Simon and River. doesn't matter who the father figure is or who's in charge, so to speak, whether that's the Alliance or Mal or their dad or whomever it is. Mal, you know, Simon and River are going to be Simon and River, and and there's no getting away from that. So I just, I really loved that scene. Um, and then we get another shaky cam shot of Serenity landing, you know, from the woods, and it adds to the realism and the kind of covers up some of their CGI limitations, maybe. Um, why does the bad guy in the bushes turn to his bad guy friend and go, here's how we operate as bad guys. Step one be bad guy step two wait for that their exact ship to do this step three see what they have on it's like dude you're both bad guys he knows all this just be like why didn't he, that guy just look at serenity and go "Ooh, fresh meat or you know oh there's something shiny right there like that's all we needed for that line we didn't need him to go hey let's go be bandits i i, right. I don't think we needed that line personally <laughs> Uh, I really like yeah. that, aside from that little uh, cutaway where we went back and saw River and Simon as children, we went straight from Shindig, where they had cows on the uh, 
on Serenity right into this episode where they're taking the cows yeah. off. There was no mm-hmm. mystery time. Well, I guess they were flying through space in between, but there was no time in between the episodes. There was time in between the episodes. Did you catch the one single line where they said how long they'd been in space? 30, bu- 30 days like a month. or whatever. Yeah. Yep, about a month. Okay. Yeah, these these cows are atrophied oh, because they've yeah, been in space right. for thirty days. Right. You know, that's right. Um, Ooh, okay, I caught that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to. One of my favorite things that was said <coughs> said in this episode, excuse me, was uh, morbid and creepifying. I can deal with. <laughs> I want to use that word, creepifying. I thought it was great. I'm a Just cool dad. Throwing that out okay. There. I, yeah. I'll let a lot of stuff fly. You got a goth phase? That's cool. Go through yep. your goth phase. I'm fine with it. Um, yep. I really like that the way that River explains what's going on with the cattle. You know, they weren't cows inside. Now that they can see the sky, they remember what they are. And Mal goes, "Does that? Is it bad that that makes perfect sense to me? And it's like, that's actually an exact summation of Malcolm Reynolds' character right there. Right? Like, he... He, when he is on the planet or if he's in, you know, a fancy shindig, for example, he can't remember how to be Malcolm Reynolds. So what did he do? He went and he found this plucky little Firefly class freighter. He found a crew and he went into the sky because nobody can take it from him. So he's like, I, I, this is the last thing I have. I'm going to go there. So when River says that, it just hits him directly in his dusty rebel heart. Like that might be the moment we get close to see Mal crying, right? He's like, Oh, that crazy girl knows what she's talking about. I really appreciate that. Uh, I also, you get some insight from river where she's very lucid. She really understands what's going on. She's not quite as deranged and crazy as everybody kind of thinks she is. But at the same time, Mm. Simon's chasing her around and taking stuff out of her hands when they're in the store. And he's kind of treating her like this weird, useless child. And that kind of got to me. Like, let River do River's thing. Like, why are we trying to squelch her when she could be doing something amazing? But does that... I think that kind of goes back to the dad not really caring about her as much i think he's probably stepped up to kind of be that father figure yes and and for her being in like that state that she's in he's like you know he's like oh my god i I need to take care of her and i need to make sure that she doesn't break all these antiques and you know make sure that she's this and that and just really really like it's a little overprotective it's very very overprotective but i think that's just his natural older brother instincts kicking in to make up for daddy's flaws. Right. And Ricky, I don't think you're incorrect. Um, really quickly, Callie D, if you're still watching, can you go message Saxon and let her know the show has started? I just got a message from her, but I cannot reply. Um, <laughs> I feel bad. Um, but to your point, Ricky, it's not that you're incorrect. Like he's, he knows that she is still brilliant, right? Like it's not that he, thinks that she's stupid or anything he's just convinced that she's so fragmented that he's like i can't count on the moments of lucidity right so i'm gonna just sort of act as though they don't exist but it does seem interesting to me that she sort of gets like she's she's the same way as mal 
and as the cattle, right? Like as soon as she's outside, like you said, she's totally in the moment. She's 100% aware. She knows what's going on. She seems to have regained a lot of her agency over like immediately, you know, over the course of maybe an hour being outside. She doesn't have to worry um, about being shoved into that medical room again. That could be part right. of it. Right. So I just, I, so they're the scene where they're in the, the town, right? And you've got Kaylee and she's, it's before Simon shows up, she's talking to Inara and she's going, you know, should I buy this? What do you think? You know, what's the deal? Um, Kaylee is just so genuine. Like she's, she's, just effusively cute in like an, an impossible way right like I was smiling the entire time that she and Inara were talking like I felt like I was in on it I was like oh girls you're gonna flirt that's gonna be so much fun like <laughs> those two actresses did an amazing job of really making you feel like you were in like you're in the yeah. circle you're finding out you know some dirt like it I just I really liked it and I also in the same scene I really like that it's just a regular post holer. Like it's a post hole digger for digging holes, Simon. That's all that it is. And like, they still have use for that on planets like this. Like, I, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> we aren't digging holes with lasers out here. <laughs> well, unless of course you're uh, a criminal or a bandit. Cause did you guys notice that they, they didn't even like add visual effects to the guns. They just had them point guns and added sound effects. <laughs> Yeah, so very much, no... uh, very much Han Solo. Bang! Right, bang! No, like muzzle flash <laughs> or anything like that. Just, yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool. Bang! Um, so then Simon has his moment where he's like a lunkhead, right? And it's it feels a little off to me. This moment feels off to me because Simon is smart enough to know that a Kaylee is just gonna be trying to help, and that b she's like pretty soft. So like it feels a little out of character that he would kind of snap at her and then and then he, he doesn't apologize. He tries to justify it. He's like, actually, it's not that I was being a jerk. It's that I was using a metaphor. And she's like, look, you said what you said. Okay. You, you I get it. You feel how you feel. That's fine. But it just she's like, it no, felt you meant a little every bit, word of that. Yeah. And it, it just felt a little bit off for the character. And I think, not in a way that's like jarring i think it fits because it's like okay he's way stressed right and this is how you know that he's way stressed because he's snapping at kaylee and nobody snaps at kaylee um what did you guys think of the like simon never having been cool in his life and can't be cool in front of cops like yeah. the cops are walking yeah. past him and it's like he's he'd like, never waved before. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> how would a human do this? <laughs> like, it's like when uh, it's like Kylo Ren trying to give a thumbs up in that Saturday Night Live thing. Where he's <laughs> like, <laughs> I just it's, it's well executed, right, yeah. by Sean Mar. Like it's very well executed to like. Nobody ever offered this guy a hit at a party or anything. Like, he's just definitely a square, and you can tell that. Like, um, I really... I but he's still he's still an asshole. Sorry, excuse my language. But, um, and, well, uh, I agree, though. In, in the antique store, in my notes, I have fun little an antique store because it was cool. I liked them <laughs> describing the swan. What did, what did she say? She's like, who would make this? And Kaylee's like... I don't know, someone that really wanted to see a swan. Made from longing mm -hmm. or something. <laughs> someone longing for a swan. Made longing yeah. to see a swan. 
and but then and I and I call him I call him fake Ryan because to me he re- <laughs> he reminds me of just a Ryan from the office and uh he I say fake Ryan ruins it poor Kaylee. That's like the first yeah. time aside from the dress when Kaylee got sad about the dress that episode yeah. but like you were like ah oh, she oh she just, she just deserves that. That's mean. That's, yeah. <laughs> um Thank you, Callie, for messaging her. We really appreciate that. I don't want Saxon to miss this if she can afford not to. I did put um, a, I put a tweet out there too, so hopefully some people. So so did I. It was just so. it's one of those things. During <laughs> yep, that same yep. exchange in the thrift store, I think Inara said that she sees the same items on every planet they go to, which kind of says mm-hmm. something interesting about whatever kind of exchange of goods program we have going on in the Firefly universe. Uh, what kind <laughs> right. of international, uh, interspace, interstellar shipping system is there? Uh, right. w- what's going on? It's kind of an interesting so it's, thought. It's pretty clear that like the Alliance version of Amazon, right? <laughs> like, yes. Oh, hey, Saxon, thank you for joining us. We love you, Saxon. We're glad that you could you could be here live with us. Um, so the Alliance version of Amazon is like subcontracted out the cheapest possible world building supplies right and they send them out to all the backwater planets that's that's got to be what's going on um and an interesting difference here is that inara is actually kind of doing the same thing that simon is doing where she's going this stuff isn't pretty kaylee this stuff is like whack but she's doing it in a much softer way and in a much more you know caring Mm -hmm. and diplomatic way so it just shows some of that you know inara knows what she's doing maybe simon doesn't um there's i'm I'm just gonna fast forward a little bit um like maybe one scene and say bound by law you are bound by law to stand oh i have that i have that in my notes bound by law there it is lol so good (laughs) i love that that guy is bound by law and he's and he and he specifies right he goes for the illegal killing of so and so so like had you killed him legally i wouldn't be doing this we'd have no problem with it but because you chose to do it illegally we're gonna have to arrest you because you're bound by law hashtag bound by law um so then simon makes his way through this uh horror movie tunnel and comes out on the (laughs) comes out on the other side of it at burning man and he's immediately (laughs) loses track of his sister and i got some really strong grogu vibes from that i don't know about you like he starts looking around for river and i'm like where is grogu you do not take your eye off grogu yeah how did you how did you lose that yep no i agree Yep. Yeah, it was. Oh, um, did any of you guys see that movie Midsummer? It was spelled like S O M M A R. I haven't. I've been really wanting to, but I haven't. So have I. It's it's supposed to be like this existential cosmic horror level movie, and the scene where Simon is running into the festival actually reminded me of the only trailer I ever saw for Midsummer. It looks like sure. Midsummer is based entirely on this scene in Firefly. I'm sure that it's not, but visually it looks that way. <laughs> um, and it fits because, you know, the horror thing. Um, I really appreciated that Simon didn't immediately freak out when somebody started dancing with River. He he was just like, oh, okay, cool. She's having fun. She seems to be okay. I'm not going to freak out, even though there's somebody, like, right next to her. I was kind of freaking out. Like, if that was my sister, I'd be like, what, why are you dancing so close, you know? But <laughs> he he did a good job of controlling his emotions, so I really appreciated that from, from Simon. I did really like that they were doing the river dance. <laughs> well, I did not get that. Yeah. During that, I don't mm. know that it was a yeah. 
All right. <laughs> yeah, it was. It right. was definitely on purpose. <laughs> Absolutely <sighs> on purpose. We're, we're sitting there watching. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's some really cool Irish music. So I looked it up, and they were like, yeah, it was a rendition on River Dancing. Okay. <laughs> and it was a River Dance. <laughs> that's why you come to the sudden Four but inevitable River. rewatch for very high-level puns and hard-hitting analysis. <laughs> Thank you guys. I actually totally missed that. Like I didn't even make the connection. So I'm I'm glad somebody got that. If if I think I'm most upset because it's a really bad pun and I want to be the one to have discovered it. So well done. Sorry. Um, no, no, you're you're cool. The the pacing in this episode is so breathless, right? Like things are always happening in this episode, but it never feels like they're pushing you faster than they need to. You're just like oh my gosh, I need to know what's happening next. And they're like, here's what's happening next. Simon's got a hood over his head and somebody's kidnapping everybody. Also, Book got shot. And you're like, whoa, wow, what's going on? Okay, all right. Well, but- the, all that happened in just a second. Like, Josh was doing something. He looked down at his phone and I was like, oh my God, Simon just got yeah. taken. And he's like, what? Yeah, and I I'm took, like... <laughs> I was like writing notes down. Yeah. And it was... I, yep. So, notes. Irish River Dancing, dot, 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 clever. Fun way to incorporate a gunfight. Oh no, not Shepard and Simon and no cash. Hot damn. Oop, there's the cash. Like that is how my notes went. Hot damn. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> no cash. That's that's pretty funny. Um, um yeah, it's it, but I it would, was a lot in that like it it started really cool with the dancing. I've really enjoyed that whole scene and then all of a sudden for the last like 30 seconds of that really fun scene, it was like bang bang bang. Shootout, standoff, you're under arrest, bound by law, bang, shepherd shot, oh my god, and just, yeah. Did you guys notice who fired the first shot in that shootout? Was it Greedo? Uh, (laughs) It was, it was Zoe, wasn't it? It was Zoe. Wasn't she covering? She shot one of the bandits' hands. One of the bandits was about to shoot all his hand or his gun. Right. Oh, okay. right. So she she actually fired first, but it was still a defensive tactic, mm-hmm. like very Starfleet of her. Um, but it still it wasn't the alliance. It wasn't it wasn't the bad guys. It was it was one of the brown coats who really didn't have a dog in that fight. Right. And she could have. I mean, you know, if she wanted to, she pretty clearly could have just taken that guy out. So it, it's part of their established uh, setup, right? To be like, hey, look, we have somebody. That could take you out if she felt like it so why don't you just give us the money and we'll move on you know um i'm really really glad that you brought up zoe uh for a lot of reasons ricky um i don't know if anybody listening or watching knows this ricky's dog is actually named zoe and she's sleeping right next to me can i zoe. get her in on this real yeah quick? definitely if you if you can you should put the camera on zoe the yeah, dog give me one second I can, I can even i can even give you a close-up <laughs> once, once you get ready <laughs> I can yeah. actually take you out real quick so you can get ready and we don't get car sick. Uh, no, want. I'm going to do it with my phone. Okay, okay. Oh, very cool. <laughs> so the thing about Zoe, the character, right, is that she is just inspirationally calm and cool and collected under pressure. She, Gina Torres is so impossibly authentic in this role. Like, I, I kind of found that every scene that she was in in this that was kind of a one-on-one scene, you know, like her talking to Mal or her talking to Kaylee or Book or whomever it was, all of her one-on-one scenes, I was tearing up big time. Like, it it was just happening. Um, and she, she has that, like, it, there's some quality to her voice, and I don't know what it is, 
but it's it's something about the way that she speaks with such confidence even when you can tell that the character is not feeling super confident so it's okay this is zoe the dog hello beautiful (laughs) zoe the dog yeah Yeah. we're so happy you could join us zoe the dog yes yes it does on that level of comfort I was yeah. going to say, it's funny because adding the dog actually only removes Kylie from Aww. the screen <laughs> because of <laughs> where the graphics line Bang. Oh, now it's Ricky. Bye, Ricky. What about, what about that? Ah, no, that doesn't work. Yeah, Later, close. Ricky. Dog's cuter anyway. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, she's adorable. So she then we, <laughs> we're so happy to have uh, a dog be the pet mascot of this show and not a cat like it was for quest me just saying um look those cats are still not, around they're hey, gonna it's be not, around it's not it's not shots fired josh it's just my preference and I make, <laughs> um, they just love po- trev just loves podcasting that's true that's all it is she loves getting that attention that little she's five seconds on, of fame she's been on a lot of episodes yes um, yes so in this next flashback, do you guys feel like they're almost setting up the parents to have been like maybe bought or blackmailed by the Alliance? Because the, the parents like just seem very like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she's a genius, but who cares if she's like being a little yeah. insane? It's like, right. that You're seems like a weird reaction. You're going to give up your whole life to go save your sister? Well, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I just thought it was weird. They were quite suspicious. Yeah, very well, sus, he was, if he you will. Was very sus, yes. <laughs> um, he was really. Uh, <laughs> that that's a shout out for Chip right there. Chip loves that word. <laughs> yes. Yep, there you go. Loves Chip. sus. Um, God, I lost my train of thought now. No, uh, it, when he bailed him out of jail or whatever, he was mm-hmm. like, "It it puts a dent on my record just walking through those doors." And, right. Like. Like he's being watched or something like that, that he can't be. So to Ricky's point from earlier, I think it's meant to imply like, yes, you can live a very cushy, comfortable life under Alliance rule, but you do have a little chip in your shoulder, like a microchip in your shoulder, not on your shoulder, that tracks where you are and tracks what locations you go to. And there are certain locations, for example, what did he call it? It was like a black zone or a dark zone or something where Simon had been and it was like, so there must be zones where if you go there, your chip goes off and goes up. Oh, this guy's a criminal because he's in the police station. So he's picking up a criminal or like, oh, this guy went into the red light district. So he's a criminal. You know what I mean? So I took that to be part of the trade-off that the that you make for a happy life under the alliance is that they know where you are at all times and that they will associate you. Uh, they will make you guilty by association at locations even it doesn't matter if you went there for a specific person just because you're there that's enough of a problem to make you in trouble um so yeah it's it, they're showing that trade-off is maybe not worth it right <laughs> yeah i would uh yeah it's it's that whole that whole thing that they keep running back to in this like is the life of crime worth it um right. it was like uh, when they were in the antique shop and and she and Kaylee had said something about um, you know their lifestyle and you condemn the people that live that lifestyle something like that right. and he was very he was kind of confused he was like no I uh, kind of broken <laughs> a little bit because 
yeah his whole life i'm sure he's been raised to think that they're all criminals and that you know these right. brown coats that are not in the alliance are you know up to no good where they're really just making a living yeah and he's still harboring some illusions that he's not now just a like space faring refugee like dude you're not you're not upper class anymore like yeah he's ha- he's having a hard time coming to terms with yeah. where he's at in his life right now yeah you're you're unemployed and in between jobs um yeah what was uh oh <laughs> uh, you know i'll say i'll save it for for simon okay. says but uh so they have to take off right because book got shot they have to leave the tams behind and when they can't find him, Jane goes, I knew it. I knew they were going to ditch us as soon as they got a chance. I really like that Mal goes, yeah, uh, that's not what happened. Like, the doctor is a lot of stuff. He's not a coward, and he's not, you know, going to betray us. So I'm, right. that's definitely not what he did. Um, he does then immediately leave Simon on that planet. <laughs> but it, it, he, he states it out loud. Like, you can hear him working it out loud for himself. He goes, Simon's a doctor. They need a doctor. All right, let's go. He's like, there, there's no reason for whoever has him to kill him. We'll be back. He just doesn't say that out loud because he doesn't want to say his plan because we've seen that his crew likes to vote on things that are not up for vote. So he's like, right. we're just going to leave and we're, it'll be fine. Um, and he, as he takes off, he says, I really hope Simon and River have their purge planet inoculations. So that was one of my favorite quotes. I know he didn't really say that, but <laughs> it, it reminded me a lot of the purge planet from rick and marty if you guys have seen that Um, oh yeah you know yeah like it's Hmm. everybody's kind of vaguely southern or like hill people (laughs) and they've got kind of a weird religion going on and they like to get real violent sometimes (laughs) so (laughs) that's reminded uh, me of that a lot (laughs) that's funny because i liked when jane was like Today we were caught by hill folk, never to be seen again. Yeah. It was the best day ever. Yeah. Today I was pompous and my sister was crazy. <laughs> yeah. That was my is Jane dumb moment. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, oh, he used pompous, but then he was all being dumb well, about it. Well, he's reading it. So it. I was like, yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, oh, no, no, you're right. Because he yeah, wouldn't yeah. have written that about himself. Right. You're right. No, that's a right, good right, point, right. Kylie. So, yeah, that's so a very good point, okay. Kylie. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Ricky. Sorry. Uh, that scene where he was ransacking simon's room and then the following scene when simon and river are coming back on the uh ship and he dumps everything back onto (laughs) simon's bed those scenes were not originally in this episode the episode ran short uh so they had to add a couple they had to add like an extra 90 seconds or something so that's when joss whedon went to adam baldwin and said let's get a couple more Bit. let's get a little bit Let's more in here reshoots. they got a couple of props That's together awesome. he pulled some props out of the suitcase they got it all together and they finished up the episode and he just huh. gives that scene of like hey doc i'm happy that you're back on our ship uh and then leaves <laughs> like that was a good comedic moment without being over the top or ham-fisted in my opinion i liked that kind of like because jane isn't it's not that he hates the doctor. It's that he's like uncomfortable with him, right? So he's like, uh, I still don't know if I want you to know that I went through your stuff. It's not that I'm afraid of you. I just, that would be weird. Like, it just feels <laughs> it <is> weird. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> then 
the the next thing I mean it should feel weird you're your going point, through Ricky, some good stuff come on now right or, or rather to your point <laughs> Kylie uh and and Callie is Jane Dumb um he did make an appear he did say that he had an opinion on fashion right he was like I dressed this way or whatever it was like dressed like I was a pompous ass and my sister was crazy or whatever it was that he said he made some comment about the way that oh he pulls it he holds up Simon's shirt and he goes I'm never gonna understand yeah. that guy or something like that and it's <laughs> yeah. like for Jane to have an opinion on fashion I think supports the theory that he used to be fancy what do you guys think yeah that he used to be a little uh little richy rich Maybe yeah, he used it. to maybe at, at least be, if not rich, he used to be at least more well-off and maybe one or two societal tiers higher on the ladder than he is now. I mean, I think we can hope that, right? Maybe that's where maybe he, he got all those fan- all them fancy words from. Right, <laughs> right. He just went to the Outer Rim too many times. Right. Uh, we see in this episode, actually, that Mal gets a lot of his fancy words directly from Zoe, which is a detail that I love. She goes, you know, mm. are you saying, are you saying what about Sanguine. this, sir? And he goes, what does that mean? And she goes, uh, you know, hopeful also means bloody. And he goes, oh, well, you, what excellent, you gave me all the uses there and great examples. Like, we actually see Zoe building Mal's vocabulary. I really like that. That's good. Did she say yeah. sanguine or ex-sanguine? I think sanguine. she says sanguine. Thank you. Are you sanguine about this, sir? Yeah. And and again, just everything Gina Torres speaks or does or is in this is, ah, uh, ah, uh, Gina Torres. We love you. We love Zoe. Anyways, um, Simon and River get kidnapped by the Hill people, and. Here's my question. Like, it, do you guys think Simon just has like an innate inability to read a room? Like, he, he can't figure out how to talk to anyone in the world, right? Like, he misspeaks in front of Kaylee and is a jerk. And then this pretty clearly unstable person is like, oh, something's wrong with your sister, right? And he's like, uh, no, every, uh, everything's fine. No, she's totally fine. I'm, t- I'm totally helping her out. Everything's fine. It's like, Dude, why don't you just go, oh, yes, you know, she's she's touched and uh, and only I can take care of her. Like, why wouldn't you just play into this person's clearly insane belief just for the sake of making your day easier? Like, why do you have to be like, no, she's not crazy. She's my sister. Like, dude, dude, read the room, Simon. <laughs> read the room. It's true. I think it has to do uh, with the fact that he grew up being the smartest guy in the room except for his sister. Uh, he probably grew up right. getting the best grades in his class. He grew up, you know, with the least amount of difficulties. He was everything just came easy for, for him. Uh, so why would he have to work to communicate with others when they should be coming to him to be getting information from right. him? You know, yep. they actually it is a saying I, for people who work for doctors or work with doctors is that do- uh, doctors are like the most insane, smart people you'll ever meet. Hmm. Doctors are weird. Yeah. Doctors I are could see weird. That. It's I I my theory was because they you know like Ricky was saying spent so much time on school and like doing all this other stuff that they didn't learn how to socialize properly. They can <laughs> read the hell out of a book, but yeah. they cannot read a room to save their lives. 
Right. It's pretty crazy. I yes, like... that's, and that's a good way to phrase it too, Callie D. Yes. Also, high IQ often equates to low EQ. Um, the other thing is that he, he's that character is very clearly just like not really a hundred percent mentally functional, right? Like Simon cannot think because he's so bogged down with worry for river. So like, I don't think at, at any point so far we have seen him function at a hundred percent Simonosity. I think it's always been a little bit pulled back. It's gotta be him learning more about just real life because how much is he really ever stressed in his life? You know, like, Seeing his right. backstory, other than him going to Tatooine and getting arrested for it, like w- he's never had to worry about anything. And right. so n- now on this, he's a fugitive on a ship with people that he thinks are savages that could kill him at any moment. You know, he's he's definitely stressed out, and and he has no idea how to handle it. And yeah. And it's an interesting commentary on like, you know, if you if you're brought up um, to believe that you're better than other people, then it doesn't matter if you consciously think that or not. Right. So he's not walking around going, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. He's walking around going like this is a shitty ship. This is poorly made furniture. This is, you know, a dirty town. I don't like that you people drink out of a well like it's not that he's actively trying to be a jerk. It's that that classism is ingrained in him. So like a nice commentary there of showing Simon isn't intentionally classist. He's just classist. And, you know, he's been giving, been given several moments specifically in this episode to confront that within himself and go, maybe, maybe I should be a little more open-minded. Now, does he get rewarded for that? Not really. Uh, but it does make a point to him, right? Where he's like, okay, maybe there is something other than just worry and constant, you know, thinking. And we get that in this episode. We get a couple moments of quiet and peace for the the Tam siblings. Um, I'm going to take this moment to note the actress who plays the teacher, Dora Lee, in the village. Uh, her name is Erica Tazel. She is currently on Lovecraft Country as a character named Dora Freeman. Uh, again, I actually haven't seen Lovecraft Country, but I've heard nothing but positivity surrounding it. And now I'm like, I kind of want to go watch it as soon as this show is over, because when this show ends, it's not going to be 1 a.m. So I could watch something after this show. <laughs> um, I probably won't, because the way that I am is I'll go edit this show as soon as we're done with it. But uh, go ahead, Josh. <laughs> she was also on Justified and Law and & Order and The Office. Mm-hmm. And bones, man. She's all over the place. That's cool. She's That's cool. been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like that. Oh, she was. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, she was in Legends of Tomorrow too, and the Orville. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, yeah, okay, so yeah, let's let's all go watch some of all of that. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Um So I have a question for you guys. Okay, and I, it, you don't have to answer right now. You can if you want. There's no correct. An- well, there is a correct answer because it's me, and you guys know how I am. But it's a subjective thing. Um, where currently, right in this episode, where is Simon and Rivers' home? It'd be Serenity. Right. At this point. And they give you a couple of different options. 
right? So the first option is Simon feels like they're at home, maybe just anywhere they're safe, right? Because in Serenity, you know, on the ship Serenity, in the last couple episodes, you've seen him kind of easing in a little bit, like maybe this could be home. Then he gets kidnapped by hill people, and he's like, well, that was unpleasant, but maybe this could be home. Like there's room here, there's food, there's nature, there's space for my sister, you know, maybe this could be home. And then River has this breakdown and Summer Glau, I, I don't know if it's if it's because I have a daughter now or what it is, but the way that her voice breaks when she's talking to Simon and she's start, starting to get real choked up and she's like, I know that I took that all away from you, Simon. You know, I, I'm not stupid. I'm not in a fog. I know that you gave up everything you had for me. And then he puts his hands on her face and he says, everything that I have is right here. So you get real quick, boom, boom, boom. Here are the places that they could be considered to be at home, right? Maybe they could be at home on Serenity. Maybe they could be at home in this village. Simon doesn't need them, that. Just Simon being just together needs, is... yeah, Simon yeah. is home wherever River is, as long as yeah. they're together. So... I really oh, love the illustration of that. Oh, how freaking magical. It's, it's, <laughs> it, but it's not done in a saccharine way, I don't think. Like, there's no, nothing they, about that scene where you come away from it going, okay, I get it, touchy-feely. It was done in a, an emotionally um, authentic way, I feel. Um, no, you're right. And, and every part of these episodes has been kind of a new... Uh, it's like explaining, you know, a backstory for people for the most part. I feel like, you know, this one's about these two. Uh, what was last week? Last week was a little about. Is it Anara like, and Mal? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, and then and then you had a little bit of the, the pilot, or no, it was a little bit of Kaylee, mm-hmm. in the first one. Like, I don't know. It just seems like each episode you get a little bit more of a backstory for each character. And we also got a little bit more of a backstory for Shepard, which Ooh, was a little yeah. less beautiful than that. But If I could address the question about home, yeah, uh, I think the most tragic part of that question is where, can, where do they not feel at home? And that's with their parents in, that, in their parents' home. Mm. And I think yeah. what really anchors that down is the back, the backflash. What am I trying to say? <laughs> What's the word? Backdraft. What's that? Flashback. 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 Episode name, dubbing it right yep. there. Backflash. <laughs> <laughs> the flashback where Simon is trying to tell his parents, look at these letters. These are codes. Mm. She's in trouble. We need this. And their parents are just going, we can't accept that. We, because of the Alliance, because of this world we live in, because we've been given all of these nice things, because you're going to be a great doctor someday, because it's all been set up already, we're not going to be able to do anything about River. She'll be back. She'll be back. Did they send her somewhere? Is that what happened here? Did I miss something? taking notes yes she was um she was recruited right like they were they were told they were told there's this very exclusive alliance program slash school institution she can go be a part of um 
and I think he only mentioned that maybe in passing in one of the one of the prior episodes. So I'll, I'll forgive you for not remembering that. This show does a lot of that. Like, here's one line. Like, for example, here's one line that says we've been in space for thirty days without landing. You know, like it does a lot of that. Like, really quickly slipping stuff past that. Um, so, okay, okay, that. So yeah. so they knew that she had gone somewhere and they were writing each other and she was giving this right. code to him which again that right. like they were so close that he was like that she's spelling this wrong. So in my head like as soon as he said she's spelling these things wrong and she never spells things wrong I was like so which letters is she she taking out? Is that what she's using for the code? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know like she takes one letter out of this word and it's like I wish I could see the note. You guys assume that like the ultra ultimate level genius was doing a simple substitution cipher with letters that <laughs> totally, <are> totally. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly that it right there. Because I'm a be genius, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I can't argue with. I, I won't but argue with that. Is what I meant to say. They very they simplified it very much so by saying you know she misspelled things. So that's just right. automatically. I feel like. I couldn't have been the only <laughs> one that thought. Right, no, I'd oh well, obviously she's just things taking like that in, out. A, in the simplest form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. So here's the thing. I think none of the Tams know how to read a room because <laughs> yeah. when when Doralee looks at her and she's like, "Hey, man, I think your sister is definitely possessed." The look that River gives her isn't River trying not to look possessed right <laughs> she's like hey man your sister's possessed and it cuts to river and she's like yeah <laughs> what's up and he's like uh no no she's not possessed and she's like this happened to you yesterday before i got here didn't it and it's like what yeah. river yeah. Yeah. <laughs> read the room <laughs> hashtag read the room yeah, yeah, I just so yeah. I, she's a witch. No, she's not. Yes, I am. <laughs> well, and we <laughs> right. <laughs> we get this last flashback right where the Tam parents are like, "Look, if you do this again, I'm cutting you off. I'm not paying for your seventh year of college." Wait, that's Van Wilder. Um, anyway, he's like, "I'm not going to support you financially. This, that, and the other thing. Right? This is the end of the money if you keep going down this road." So now we know when. You know, a couple scenes Quit later, when River goes, to the Tashi Station. Sorry. Right, when River goes, hey, it's gonna be fine. Dad's gonna figure out what's happening. He's gonna come for us. Simon doesn't say anything like, "Oh, I never thought of that. Good call." Like, yeah, we just gotta get a hold of Dad. He doesn't say anything about their dad because he knows that that's a false hope. But they've had such a day already at that point that he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna not tell her that we've been disowned right now. I'll tell her. I'll tell her later that we've been disowned. Um, yeah, she's got enough things going on right now. And okay, so when they're on the ship, right? Book has been shot. They're they're gonna dock with this with Magellan, this cruiser. They're gonna get him some help. And Jane says, "You know, it actually would be way easier, way simpler if those two weren't on our ship." And Zoe goes, "He's right." Mal says, "He's right," but he says it in a way that you can tell he's leaving off the other half of his sentence. He goes, yeah, it would be simpler. And then the half of the sentence he leaves off is, but it wouldn't be right. So 
you just get, we all get know that, that moment Mal's immediately. Mal's a good guy, a really good right. guy. He just really likes yeah. to pretend that he's a scoundrel. I, again, I think it's he's just so because, Han like Solo. I said, he's Han Solo. I think it's, it's because he needs to get things done, and he knows that when you're flying with your family, you can't just give them all the details because they're going to want to stop for chicken nuggets. They're going to want to stop to go to the bathroom. They're going to want to stop to see the world's largest nonstick frying pan. Like, we don't have time for that. We got a dying guy here, and we have a doctor and his sister captured by hill people. Need I remind you? So it just it adds to that sense of urgency. And then so we're like... <clears throat> kind of worried about book the moth on this ship is not as cool as harkin and he's like you know what i'm not gonna let you into the er just because you have somebody bleeding out like you're gonna need a better reason than that and then book goes okay check my id josh and kylie would really love to get your impressions on this what's going on with book's id oh man i don't know i i my first thought was exactly what, uh, like, Mal and Zoe were, like, thinking, you know, like, he's got to be part of the Alliance somehow, some sort of affiliation. Um, but because they mentioned that, that makes me think that that can't be it, so. <laughs> um, I just I just said uh, in my notes, oh, snap, what is Shepard hiding? Had Oh, and then I had uh, burn the witch with fire. Which time period is this? And then it's a purge planet. Yes, and then okay, really though, who is Shepard? So yeah. I'm very, very um, intrigued as to mm -hmm. what happened there because he he came out at the end and was like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd probably tell you. I don't know, sometime. Yeah, I guess yeah. maybe. It was like a, it was like Captain America where where they're <laughs> like, you want you want to talk about her." And he's like, no, I don't think I will. Shepard's right. like, like, you want to tell us what's going on, Shepard? He's like, no, I don't think I will. Shepard basically looks him <laughs> dead in the eye and goes, you know what, Mal? How about in season two? And you're just like, <laughs> why you got to say that, Shepard? Come on. Um, okay, right. before we move on, we'll pick up right at this exact point, but I want to address something. Callie D., uh, yes, the world's largest nonstick frying pan is indeed an American thing. Uh, for me, it is a reference, I think, to a an all-right John Travolta movie called Michael, where he plays an archangel who comes to Earth and then proceeds to like waste a bunch of time, if I'm not mistaken, is the plot of the movie. You the movie mouth, has Ricky. heart. I'll give it, I will give the movie that it has heart, and it's before... John Travolta was quite as John Travolta-y as he is now. I think one of the things that he stopped to do while he was wasting time was to go see the world's largest nonstick frying pan. I think also on that list was the world's largest ball of twine and a couple of other things. Yes, Callie, here in America, we like to make the biggest possible version of a thing that nobody cares about the regular size version of in the first place and then call it a spectacle yeah. and drive several hours yeah. to go see it. Um, There's a lot of nothing in America. There's yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of open land. Yes. A lot of open so land. Much I mean it's, it's flat, you know. Uh Susie, uh I I'm really glad that you are <laughs> afraid of road trips with me. That that makes me really You definitely laugh. should never road trip with Jesse. You could, yeah. you could road trip with Kylie and I. We'd have a good time. Yes. We'd always stop at all the dive bars. Plentiful <laughs> potty breaks. 
It's because Susie wants potty breaks, nuggets, and frying pans of incredible size. Like I said no to those things, and she's like, "Well, now I'm not going with like that." I just that's yeah. wonderful. I love I love you, Susie. Um, that, I mean, but like I would I would enjoy that. That that's like going to Chicago and being like, "We gotta go see the Bean." People are like, "That's right. what you care about of Chicago." Right. I gotta How see the Bean. The <laughs> yeah. Why is this the thing that you care about? Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but if you know, I. Mm, I feel like I want to do that now. I want to figure out where all of these giant things are in America <laughs> and go find them. Go on road trips to the We'll make a video series and a, and a podcast about it. Um, so the we get the same thing towards the end of this episode that we got at the start of this episode, right? Where one or two characters are like, here's the next plot point out loud so that we don't have to just do it. We can tell you it, right? So... <clears throat> they accuse River of being a witch, and she goes, um, I'm not a witch, but I am going to read your mind, and here's what happened. And he announces out loud, I believe the exact line is, this girl is a witch, and she reads minds, and she spins falsehoods. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, dude, which thing is it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Pick one. Okay, because Please. because if she's reading your mind then that means what she said was true because right. you've just implied I, that she that. can yeah. read minds so if she's spinning falsehoods then why not just say no she's a liar she's also probably not a witch like uh but okay so what really happened is he thinks that she witnessed it so he's like okay we got to kill her right but like it it was just a weird way to and a little bit dumb to have a character go she's a witch she reads minds and she lies like it felt very crucible, right? So, of course, they put her up on the stake, right? Got to put her up on the stake. This scene, I know that it's a little bit like Star Trek, one culture, old religion, planet level of cheesy. Like, yep, they're just all immediately on board with burning the witch. But it still hits you, or it still hit me personally. It still hit me emotionally because of River and Simon. Like, River just has this look on her face, like, I, you know, we come to find out that River has a look on her face of like, maybe she's already hearing Serenity coming in like through orbit, right? Yeah, she's like, I'm not worried about this. We've got six minutes left. That's enough time. They're not going to start burning us for another seven. Yeah, just just keep just keep going, fake Ryan. Just keep talking. Yeah. We're good. And he's just, he's like, <laughs> this is it. Like, there's nothing I can do. I've tried everything. I've tried talking to these people. I've tried talking down to these people. I've tried making fun of their beliefs. I've tried calling them yokels. I've tried screaming at them. I've tried punching them. None of the things that I'm trying are working. So I guess I'll just climb I'll just on up burn. to the stake. You know, I'll just I'll go up there with my sister and wait to be burned. And it's like, yeah, he tried some really like not great ideas to get out of the situation, but he still was like, he, he still did a heartfelt thing, right? He still was like, if this is her end, this is my end. Because as we recently established, wherever River is, is Simon's home. And if right. that's burning at the stake with some space yokels, then that's what it has to be, you know? <laughs> um, we do get, I'm not going to take it for myself, but we do get one of the best lines of the series here, right? Uh, so Time to go. <laughs> They go back. No, Sorry, they go I back like, to save I him. Like that line. <laughs> and oh, it, I mean, they're all good, right? Right toward the end of this, they're all good. They go back to save him, and Mal says, "You know, did we just show up in the nick of time? What does that make us?" Yeah. 
And Zoe goes, big, big damn, damn heroes. Hero, sir. <laughs> and my favorite part of that line is actually his response. He goes, ain't we just. And it's like, mm. like it's, it's still a little backwater, but it's a well-constructed sounding English sentence that's three words long. And it just, uh, he's got this much more class than the rest of these bandits. I love that line so much. And then, of course, you know, all these guys look up and Mal goes, do you see the angry man in the spaceship with yeah. a gun? You know, it's, it's his will you ought to be worried about. Yeah, it's yeah, the see, that, that was in my notes. <laughs> yeah, there's no flowery language, but it's still told eloquently. Like he's not yeah. using words he doesn't need to use, but he's putting them together in a real pretty way. I uh, just the ending Ricky, scene. Ever since you told me about him hanging by that string and spinning around yes. and them having a hard time, every time I see him hanging like that, I just think that he's probably just spinning in circles. <laughs> And they're just shooting it every time he gets around to facing the other way where he's like, he's like, is this good? Looking all menacing. And then he like on his way back around, like does a stretch and then gets back into menacing when he gets in the shot. You know, <laughs> Jane does a lot of harness work. <laughs> yeah. He's frequently up on the ropes. It sounds like just just spinning around, though. I feel like he's probably having a jolly good time. That's funny. Yeah. And then for me, <laughs> I just, you know, the he's like cut this girl down and they're like uh dude did you not hear the three announcements about the plot points and he's like cut her the hell down and it's like he didn't really even swear but you get you really get the threat from mal's voice in that line it's just like okay we're, we're gonna do it you know i think he does actually swear too i think he does say cut her the hell down yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He says hell. Oh. He doesn't. Oh, he's okay, not like yeah. dropping f bombs or like you know anything like that. He just says cut her the well, hell it's, down. It's, it's like it's that's the like the lowest level swear word that you could use. But he imbued it with so much like paternal do it nowness that you important. felt. Yeah, you felt the threat there. I felt the threat there. It was his dad yeah. voice, right? I was like, oh, I've I've done that before. It's not effective when I do it, but I've done it. <laughs> And I, I liked the parallels of uh, Mal saving them compared to Simon's dad saving him. The difference mm. that there was there um, where Mal yeah. comes in like a hero, like a knight in shining armor, a like a real father. dad. Com yeah, yeah, coming in to, to save his son and daughter, whereas the other one is like, I swear if you do this again and embarrass me, I will disown you. Right. Where Mal is like, you know, you're you're in my crew, you know, no no need to talk about why I came back. You're in my crew, you're part of my family. Mm -hmm. Like that's right. I thought that was really driving home the point that Serenity was his was their home just cuz right. and, and maybe it's, you know, now it's turning to be more of their home um mm -hmm. and, and their home, not just his, but both of theirs. So it in yeah. turn kind of makes it his. Um I just I really liked the how Nathan Fillion is just such a better dad. He's <laughs> uh, Daddy Tam seems to wilt when there's pressure around. When when there's something going wrong, when there's something difficult, he can't step up to the plate. But when somebody's being burned at the stake, here comes Malcolm, the new father. Malcolm. Mal, the new father. <laughs> and he's he's really there to back everybody up. He's He is their new family. Well, I, his name is Malcolm. That's okay. Right. It's just, uh, <laughs> it doesn't represent like kind of the nerd. bad as much as Mal does. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, his name is Malcolm, and he's always in the middle of something. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. Okay, Josh, you're two for two. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm done with the puns. I, 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 get, <laughs> I get one pun a week now. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Well, then you're good uh, for the next couple of weeks, then. To, <laughs> <Yeah>. your, <laughs> to your point, Josh, though, of you know this being the demonstration of when Mal says, you're on my crew, to him, that's the exact same thing as saying, you're in my family, right? Right. The right. demonstration that we get for that on both sides, on the Tam family and the Mal Reynolds family, is a dinner, right? Simon mm-hmm. tells his dad, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize there was a dinner party at stake that I ruined for you guys trying to save my sister's life. And then you get the exact opposite dynamic from Mal. Inviting Mal him comes to dinner. back. You, he says you Mal don't comes have to back dress and up. Saves them. I love it. Right. Mal comes back and saves them before dinner time. He's like, no, we don't sit down to dinner until our family is in our home. Then once our family's in our home, we will all sit down. That's That's how Simon and River know that this is their new home and their new family. Because the, the meal, the meal is so important and it really is. But they do that meal with everyone that they care about. Instead of saying, you ruined a dinner for me, they go, hey, we waited to start dinner until you guys got here. And then you get possibly one of the most heartwarming scenes that we've had up to this point of them sitting around their table, Roseanne introduction style, passing bread (laughs) and putting salt on stuff. (laughs) I could almost hear that music in the background. And it's... And, and the last this beautiful family meal yeah and it's it's just yeah. so like it's again it's not saccharine it's not over sweet well, they're not cramming it down to, my throat they're just saying here's a family the that loves of, each other of fireflies the breaking bread with each other sitting and, and having dinner with each other that's definitely a a theme in this show is yeah you know we sit down as a family and, and we eat together and stuff like that you know when yeah when I eat, you eat, and that's, I don't know, it, it's really, it's really, it's making me like these characters even more, and like where the show mm-hmm. is going and or not going. Um, right. Again, so, like, for me, like, all of this just parallels our whole experience so far with Sudden But Inevitable, right? We were like, let's just start a show and hopefully some people will listen to it. And we just kind of put our signal out there in the black. We sent a wave and some people picked it up and you guys have been boosting our signal and you have given us a home. I mean, like I was saying at the start of this show, this is my home now. Like, you know, I live in the real world, but on Friday nights, I live in the Firefly verse with you guys. You know, we're talking about Mal. We're talking about Jane. We're talking about Kaylee. We're talking about space. We're talking about cities in space. We're talking about <laughs> transport ships that are used to smuggle. Like, this is my home. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this is where I feel comfortable and warm and happy. And I'm so happy that you three on the screen with me are part of my Firefly family. And I am beyond overwhelmed at how I feel about the rest of our Firefly family. Susie, Callie, Rosie, Casper, uh, David, Michael, all of these people. Like, this is just, there's so many people on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll get to that because we have our shout out every week. But we love you guys. And 
you know, I had a minute where I was like, okay, this is a weird time to be doing uh, a Firefly show uh, just because of what's going on. But I think we should keep doing it. And I think it's because this isn't his thing. This is our thing that we care about and that, that we connect with. He's, you know, he doesn't have anything to do with it anymore. It belongs to us now. So I'm just, I'm really happy that we can keep doing this. And I've been having a great time tonight. You know, like I was kind of worried there'd be like this thing and there isn't. So I just thank you guys so much for joining me. Do you have any other last notes? Jesse. Yes. What do you think was going on with Shepard Book's ident card? <laughs> so here's the thing. Ident card. That's, that's, I had that's some questions. Well, and I had some questions around like, why was Inara not there when the captain of the Magellan showed up? Like, is there is there not some sort of like diplomatic uh, weight that she could toss around there? Like, hey, I'm a registered companion. I'm, I haven't broken any laws. You can check I'm in good standing. Like, I want this guy fixed up. Like, does that is that not a? I guess we haven't really established if that's a thing, but it seems like in some instances, like in the train job, that she can just walk in and go, hey, I'm here's my status. Please accept such my request. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's so done it before. <laughs> well, and it kind of felt like they were setting it up, right? Because she was the one who's like, go do the yeah. thing. Like, you have yeah. to go to the Alliance for this help. So you're kind of thinking like, oh, she's going to do that thing where she goes, hey, this is just a guy. I'm in charge here. This is what I need. So I thought that was sort of weird. But to actually answer your question, Ricky, I feel like there may have been something that we would eventually learn, which is like, you know, the Alliance has a program with the Shepherds of the Citadel that are like, you know, we will guarantee your safety on planets that are being newly settled or we'll assign you to on certain platoons or something that are going out, you know, foot, foot soldier platoons, that kind of a thing, infantry. Um, because it seems like there was, there, it, there's clearly no, it doesn't seem that there's any skill that Book has that's like, oh, well, without him, we couldn't do thing X, right? It's more like, oh, okay, he's earned privilege X is what it seemed like to me. So I feel like, he either used to be a very high-ranking Alliance officer and then gave up that life to become a man of the cloth or, and, and that affords you some like permanent, you know, benefits, or he was somehow associated with the Alliance as a shepherd in some official diplomatic capacity of some kind. And he has like leftover credentials. Um, like I said, it really felt like he was just saying, next season, Mal, just wait till yeah. next season. We'll get into that. <laughs> so it's like, ah. So I, you don't you know. know the answer? You don't know either? Well, part of the way that I answer Ricky's questions is designed to make a good show. And part of the way that I answer Ricky's questions is designed to not give you guys any indication as to what's coming next or as okay. to what is fully available. So I don't know if that points anything out to you immediately but like that's I, I try to construct it in a way that you will not even know that spoilers may be happening or not happening you'll never know <laughs> that's what that's I'm trying the to one, do. I don't know if it's that's working that's the one only spoiler that I mistakenly read was that Shepard uh, is not who he seems to be that was and that was the oh. only thing that I read too excellent so I was like oh snap and and even so, yeah, I, I told you, I think, a few episodes ago, ago that yeah. I would bring that up, that 
Yep. That was the spoiler that I had read was that. But even still, that's all that I read in that article uh, before I stopped immediately. And I'm still wondering, because obviously this episode proves that he's not who he says he is, mm -hmm. but it hasn't answered any sort of question as far as that spoiler goes. Right. So I'm yeah. glad that that happened a lot sooner rather than later, personally, <laughs> because like, I've been kind of... It's like when you tell me there's a Star Wars ship in the episode, I start to kind of like, Did what? you find that yet? No. <laughs> oh. If you'd like, I can See? send you the link. See, just, and you I keep do, doing I, this to me. <laughs> I can send you the link. That's the one thing that I'm 100%. I know it's in there. Callie D brought it up. Uh, David right, Black brought right. it up. A lot of people brought it up. So I know it's in the, there, and, uh, The problem is I, I haven't been able to watch the uh, the episodes more than once lately. So. <laughs> Yeah, I it, trust me. I understand the feeling. <laughs> so, um, if nobody else has anything to add here, um, I guess I'll just ask. I have one question about this episode left, okay? And I don't think I can answer it on my own because as I'm looking at it, Ricky, this episode is just so it, it's it's so shiny. How shiny is it? Thanks for asking, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. I would say this episode <laughs> is so shiny that I give it an eight. I'm going to give this an eight. I I have a ton of emotions in this episode and a lot of fun. Like even though it's not really a fun episode, like it's fun in that I'm enjoying myself. It's not fun in the way that Shindig was fun, right? Like the characters in the episode aren't having fun. Um, but I am having a hell of a lot of fun in this episode. And it, there's just, there's something about it that it mixes exposition with, with, you know, new information and breathless pacing. Like I was talking about, there's just something happening every three seconds, but it doesn't feel like they overload you. I think this is a really high quality episode. I'm going to give this episode eight out of 10 on the shiny scale. I'm not 100%. I think, Ricky, it's your turn to give your shininess rating. Uh, I've got to go 8.5. I couldn't see myself going any lower than that. I love this episode. Uh, it's, I kind of, when it first started, I was just like, oh, is this a flashback episode? Uh, those are always kind of a little lame. But the flashbacks mm -hmm. are fairly minor. And everything else, they just load you up with information and fun uh i loved watching uh shepherd book and his whole exploration into him going onto the alliance ship and him you know getting in and out of there while unconscious and not even mm -hmm. barely even a barely able to navigate it himself but he's still able to do it um the ending scene just is so much fun where they come in and save Simon and River. Uh, I even drew a little heart in my notes, which we can't. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yay. That's super beautiful. Yeah, there, there we go. There we go. <laughs> that ring light, man. That ring light really makes the white paper shine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but it was just, I was having so much fun by the end of it that, yeah, 8.5. Loved it. Favorite episode. That makes good sense. Hmm. Josh and Kylie. Um. Yeah, Kylie, you go first because I don't okay. know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say seven point five. Um, 
I don't think that it was a bad episode by any means, and I think that there was a lot of uh, background kind of stuff going on and um, interesting stuff. The, the dancing scene was fun, and you know, River and uh, Simon getting taken was all in, intense and stuff. But there was really only one time in this episode in particular that I was like, <gasps> and that was when um, Shepherd Book was shot. But I mm. just feel like in previous episodes, I had a lot of breathtaking moments, whereas in this one was um, just the one. So, so yeah. <laughs> so that's why. I can dig it. I All think right, Josh. Okay. I want to propose something right now before uh, we do this. So, I vote no. just had a special. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and with the power invested in Go me. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so... <laughs> I propose that after we're done here, so Quest Me just had a special, right, where we just kind of did a recap of the whole season and talked about some some other things. Um, but I propose that at the end of this, we do about a week break, and then that second week we come we come back and do a full recap of every single episode. What I want to do is go through and watch each episode again all the way through what we're doing is doing it week by week because I really think that my um, votes or my ratings are going to change mm-hmm. when I watch this all the way through and when I have well, that makes sense more of a clear idea because for me this episode was kind of boring the best part <laughs> was the end that whole shootout thing the Cowboys versus Aliens Han Solo coming to save the day sort of thing because it'll never be Harrison Ford I don't care what any other movie he's in, he will always be Han Solo. But that whole thing where, you know, that was really cool. And I liked, you know, getting our witch down from the stake. I like that line. Yes. There was some some cool things here. Um, but again, for me, I, I, I'm going to say like a 6.5 probably. Maybe even a 6. I'm writing them all down as we go. So... If you follow us on Is this is this my lowest so far? I feel like this is the lowest. Oh, I don't I don't have them all up, but I think it is. Oh. Um I am keeping track of them as we go, but I don't have them all up in front of me right now. Um so oh. if you follow us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast or on Twitter at Sudden But this week, this coming week, you are going to see an infographic that I'm putting together that has what all of our scores have averaged out so far to for each episode, right? So mm. all the scores that we gave for Serenity are averaged into one score out of 10, and we did that for all the episodes we've watched so far. So keep your eye on Instagram and Twitter this week because that will be coming out, and you can definitely feel free to drag our ratings um, <clears throat> Josh and Kylie keep making all of our ratings incorrect, so that's not my fault. Um, I think <laughs> I'm just kidding, you guys. That's why, that's why we need to, to watch it opinions. again because I really think right. I really think it'll change once I watch it over again. And but. it's it's not the same as watching The Mandalorian because it's not as serialized as The Mandalorian. It's much more episodic. It's only got very small pockets of serialization, right? So it's watching it that thing, way will make it feel. different. I know there's an end. I know there's an end. Right. And I swear, if that Shepherd Book thing doesn't pay off and I don't figure it out, man, you know, by the end of this show, I might never want to watch it again. If there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't pay off, oh, man. I don't know. The Fury. 
Callie D in the chat says, oh, we will drag your ratings. So, Josh, <laughs> we all get canceled eventually. You're right. Yeah, that's You're true. Right. We do all get canceled eventually. <laughs> so, either way. <laughs> now that we have all given our ratings, let's go ahead and move on to our second segment of the week, which is called Simon Says. So for this segment, we will give our favorite quotes from the episode, despite the fact that it is called Simon Says, our quotes do not have to be from Dr. Simon Tam. So, again, very bad at remembering the order, so let's do the reverse of what we just did. Kylie and Josh, I'll have you give your quotes first, then we'll go Ricky, and then I'll go last. Um. Okay, so mine, mine was kind of towards the end, um, after... They get back on Serenity after being on the Alliance, you know, doctory area. And uh, Shepard said, it's good to be home. And I mm. thought that was mm. that was a good one. Yeah. So. You really believe um, him. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And that, again, this episode is all about them being at home. Just mm-hmm. finding a home. So, yeah, driving that home. Uh, mine is... Might not want to mistake that for a suggestion when he's telling Simon <laughs> to take Kaylee for yeah. a walk and he keeps yeah. going, but I don't want to take her for a walk. And he's like, boy, please just take her for a walk. <laughs> but I don't want to take her for a walk, Dad. Listen, yeah. son, don't mistake that for a suggestion <laughs> and just get out of here. You can't get a trouble. <laughs> Fine. Let's get on the antique store. <laughs> yeah. He's just such a little brat. Little he is Ryan. kind of a brat. Yeah. Well, he was bratty <laughs> at the beginning of the episode for sure, but then you yeah. saw at the end he pulled the chair out for Kaylee, and and mm-hmm. he went and was gonna burn at the stake with her. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So he in the really, end, really he's, cares. he's he's he was being selfish, but he's not totally well, selfish. I think he's selfish for only him and Kaylee though. And River. It's, uh, sorry, River. Yeah, he My meant bad. to say River. <laughs> My bad. You're good. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think he just cares about them them to and yeah. what what happens to them he can give a damn what happens to anyone on serenity as long as they get where they're going you know maybe until this episode right ah. because again he pulled the chair out oh, okay well, and he <laughs> and he has that thing where he looks at Mal like dad <laughs> you know so come here slugger give me a little noogie <laughs> Uh, Ricky, what's your choice for Simon Says, Tiger? All right. So you're going to have to keep up with me on this one. I think <laughs> on in Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds sings this song. I'm not sure where else I know the song from, but it goes, Papa, can you see? Papa, can you hear me? Papa, oh, can frozen. you see me? Yeah, I think it's a Frozen Isn't song. Frozen? Okay. <laughs> so when they bring Shepard Book onto Firefly after he's been shot on Serenity... Kaylee goes running over to him and she goes, Shepard, can you hear me? And I've watched this episode oh. three times in the past week. And every time she does that, I go, Shepard, can you see me? Shepard, can you feel me? <laughs> but in absence of that. Okay, this was worth it. <laughs> that was worth it. I'm tweeting that to Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Callie. We can get Callie the video D and Susie both said they're not from Frozen. It's yeah, from Yentl. Oh. I don't even. It, I have no idea where it came from. 
It just came out of me when I was watching the show. I've I've never seen Frozen, so <laughs> you're you're thinking of Do you want to build a snowman? Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the song you're thinking. Uh, I'm glad I brought. If you this go up. back, I I mean, kind of like similar, kind of similar. I I guess. <laughs> if you go back, yeah. yeah. To episode one, you'll hear me say we're not ignorant douchebags. So clearly, we've proven that wrong. So, anyways, Ricky, go ahead. I am not ignorant. Um, no, that's but, ignorant. No, you're being ignorant. Uh, in the absence no. of my song, I would say uh, when Shepherd Book walks up to Mal when they're dealing with the two bandits, and the bandits are you know freaking out. And Shepard goes, they seem a mite jumpy to you. And I thought that was another good indication of Shepard being a little more than he appears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wrote, actually, Shepard is mighty wise. Well, and I made a joke about that because he was like, hey, you know, <laughs> these boys bothering you kind of thing. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> maybe he could have. Yeah. Maybe there's something I don't know. <laughs> Just surprised with all of his... Kicked her ass. There's definitely some tactician in the shepherd. Like, there's definitely he's been on missions. He's planned some stuff. Like, there's something going on there with with the shepherd. Um, so I I probably already gave it away, but my choice for Simon Says was um, everything I have is right here, and. I'm really excited about that because I think that's the first time my Simon Says choice has ever been an actual Simon quote. Um, but I really like that. I really love that line because that kind of a line would normally on TV, right, would normally be reserved for a romantic relationship, right? This is somebody hitting on somebody or this is, you know, somebody just about to, you know, do the deed. But they change the dynamic here and have him say it to his sister. And I think that makes it way more impactful because you know if you I mean, you guys know you all have family members there that feeling that he's communicating to her is so true and real and uh, identifiable like you can you know exactly what he's talking about because at the end of the day you know if i didn't have my house or my job or my car or any of my stuff i wouldn't care if i had my family you know so for him to have that moment where he's realizing I don't need my status or the way that we used to live or an easy life or, you know, a lot of, you know, position or anything like that. I just need river. And then to find out that actually you have a lot more family around you than just river. I thought it was just a great little mini arc for Simon in this episode. Um, I think you guys probably rated it lower because you don't have emotions. So that's, my only theory that I can come up with. <laughs> We're as cold as ice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just playing again. Um, no, and again, I need to watch it again. I need to finish the show <coughs> and get the full effect of Firefly and then go back yeah. after watching the whole thing and have that actual connection with, you know, the entire show because it'll, it'll mean more later on i, I get it always it. does with yeah. any show that you watch or any book that you read if you read it again you always catch things you didn't see before and you fall in love a little bit more than you thought possible and <laughs> yeah 
Yep. Yeah, that's and I think Susie had actually mentioned that earlier in the chat. She was saying, "Hey, you yeah. you definitely do need to watch back because we're still noticing stuff, you know, 18 years later. So you'll definitely read you're going to notice some new stuff." Um right. I think that's it as far as our segments go. Before we get to the sudden but inevitable shout out, which is possibly one of my favorite parts of the show. Um Josh, what is going on in the Twist My Arm network this week? Oof. Um, okay. There's a lot going on. So, first of all, like I mentioned it, there is the Marvel Cinematic Monday that comes out every other Monday. Um, this upcoming Monday just so happens to be the one that we go live. So, we go live every other Monday at about 8 o'clock on Facebook and the movement page. And we talk about everything Marvel. Um, I have been reading a ton of comics lately. Like, like it's kind of, I don't know, it's it's kind of, not it's not bad, but it's getting to the point where I'm, like, staying up too late reading comics and being like, oh, my God, it's midnight, and I've been reading Secret Invasion for three hours. <laughs> this is bad. Whoops. But I'm, I'm really excited to talk about more Marvel things and, um, and understand more of what Chip is saying. It's That's been my, one of my favorite things um, out of the network right now is Marvel Cinematic Monday. Other than this. Uh, and then let's see, Tuesday, Tuesday, game night. That's game night, game streaming night for me. And I believe I'm going to be streaming Borderlands for the Janestown mission in Borderlands because next week, streaming Friday, we have the sudden but inevitable. Or is that two weeks from now? Two weeks from now. Two weeks two from weeks. now. Yep. So this week I'm going to be streaming Avengers uh, to <laughs> correlate with Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> And then actually Thursday, we are going to have our first ever basement sessions coming out featuring the artist from Denver, Pike. You can find him on uh, Pike4D2D, facebook.com slash Pike4D2D. He's got some really fun music, um, very childish Gambino vibes, a lot of fun. He was, he was pretty cool. He was a cool dude to talk to. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a good time. And then... I'm also interviewing a friend of Ricky and mine, actually, about the Smash Room up in Fort Collins. Shatter Rage so, Room. Sh Shatter Rage Room. Okay. Yeah. It's those those rooms. Those places are super cool. It's just uh, you go in and you just you just break stuff. You just play the Limp Biscuit song, break stuff, and just mm. hit TVs with bats. Well, <laughs> I feel like they need to do some more advertising on that because if more people knew that places like that existed, well, they're just starting to find. I a, didn't know. They're just kind of popping up. Like there's a couple here in Denver. Okay. But they're just starting to get new, and that, I'm excited to interview them about that because it's that a very cool. new, new thing that's going on. Um, I, I'm also interviewing a buddy of mine from Nebraska about his, um, home video store he's keeping the the video stores going strong that sounds like a good that's business cool idea. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome yeah it's like he's, he does dvds and he'll mail them to you he'll ship them out and everything and ricky thinks he's so funny <laughs> <laughs> uh, ricky knows he's funny what are you talking about <laughs> it's more of a collection store it's not just movies he's got games but it's all old school stuff nostalgia DVDs, VHS, store super Perhaps. nintendo cool. he's got old comics stuff like that um, that's it for this week, though. The the, I, the week after is going to have more movement um, and some other stuff. But 
There, there's Very a lot cool. of stuff in the in the pipeline still coming down in the works. We got an RPG game, a tabletop game, that uh, is either going to be this upcoming weekend or the weekend after. Haven't figured that one out yet, but that one is in the works, and I'm very excited to do that. It's an uh, old friend of the show, Zimmer, is going to be running those uh, games. and I'm, it's, a, it's a Star Wars game, and uh, I just put up some cameras, and we play some Star Wars, and that's about all it is. So <laughs> it's it's self-explanatory. It's, it's called Imperial Assault, and it's a ton of fun. I think Kylie might be on that with us as well. It is fun. Um, so... Be on the lookout for that one. Otherwise, so if you're here for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, man, just just go to twi- twistmodernpodcast.com and you can find all of our new stuff coming out from there. Excellent. Ricky, What is uh? when can we expect another Best Flicks with Ricky D? Any news on the next episode? It should be out Sunday night. That's my release day. Uh, I am looking at Very Judas cool. and the Black Messiah for this week. Uh, it's one mm. of those new WB movies that's hitting HBO the same day as theater release. It's currently cool. sitting at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Yeah, so it's looking real good. And I've also been doing some mulling over of changing up the format of Best Flicks with Ricky D. Right now, I do kind of a... I'm going to end up spending 30 minutes talking about this one movie... But it's going to take a while to get to all the stuff on Netflix and HBO and Hulu and that kind of stuff. And I have a kind of wide knowledge base. So I'm thinking about doing one episode where I hit three or four shows and I go, like, Mm. these are some of my favorite Netflix comedies. Here's Big Mouth. Here's a couple of cool scenes. Here's my favorite actors. Yes or no. Uh, Gotcha. Yeah. Black Mirror. Here's some cool stuff that happened in it. Uh, they have an interactive episode. That's cool. Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Just kind of picking up the pace a little bit. I've got some interesting ideas coming up for Best Flicks. Very cool. That is excellent to hear. Well, of course, as always, for my part, Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. This is going to be happening at least, what do we got? We got another nine weeks. We have another nine weeks of episodes. Then we're going to have to obviously make Josh and Kylie watch the movie. Then we're going to obviously have to make Josh and Kylie watch the whole series again at once and binge it. There's a lot of stuff that we're going to have to do. So there's still plenty of sudden but inevitable rewatch coming your way. And I'm happy to be a part of that. I'm happy to have you guys along for that. So the last thing we're going to do before we get out of your face is we're going to do my favorite segment, the Sudden But Inevitable shout-out. We have fans on Twitter and Instagram, and that blows my mind, warms my heart, makes my day, and keeps me flying when I ought to fall down. So, this week's Sudden But Inevitable shout-out. The first person that we have up is pages.ss on Instagram. She has been liking, resharing, just all, all of the stuff I've been putting up this week, uh, very supportive account, really appreciate it, Pages. All of these links, like normal, are in the show notes. So if I mispronounce anything or you know anything like that, you can go find the actual profiles of these people in the show notes. So just, just do that because they deserve your follows and love just as much as we do, if not more, because without them, there would be no us. Uh, up next is Phaser on Overload. And Phaser on Overload is a Twitter account. Um, Yes, you will recognize the word phaser there. In his name, it is spelled without the E. Yes, I'm a huge Trekkie. Just throwing it out there. 
been getting a lot of support, lots of retweets, likes. Um, other shows have discovered us through uh, Phaser on Overload on Twitter. So thank you, Phaser on Overload. Um, one of those, I don't, I don't believe this was a direct connection through Phaser, but one of the other connections with a podcast that we've made on Twitter is the MSV podcast. Um, they're sort of outside of our purview, right? So they're all about the real world and politics and stuff like that. So if you're looking for a new politics podcast by people that are, you know, not 80 years old, go check out MSV podcast. We'll have a link in the show notes. And the last one is the Campfire Classics podcast on Twitter. Uh, what they do is they basically go through like every book that you've ever been told, oh, you have to read this book and you probably have a copy of it. You just haven't got to it, right? They go read all those books and then they discuss it so that you can be the kind of person that goes, hey, yeah, I know what I'm talking about at parties when you guys are smart and talking about books and being <laughs> cool. I can totally partake in that conversation. You know, they give you the basis. They give you what you need to be learned and maybe, you know, maybe you're going to want to read more after. So just something that I thought was really cool. Thank you to all of those people for their love and support on, on Instagram and Twitter this week. Um, last week we did inaugurate the first class of shepherds of shine and this week i have one more person to add to the shepherds of shine and that is the glitter rock account uh michael on twitter you have just been so helpful man he puts out daily doses of every nerd property you can think of star wars star trek x-men you know marvel dc all that stuff he goes through and he puts up daily dose posts on Twitter and he's been retweeting and liking a lot of our stuff. So I really appreciate that. So Glitter Rock is now Shepherd Glitter Rock. Welcome to the Shepherds of Shine. But you know what, you guys? <clears throat> I have a sudden, I have a shout out actually. Oh, go ahead. Um, so our buddy Roy, he does, uh, they actually do D&D &D podcasts. Um, they've, been uh, listening to our podcast and gave us a shout out on their Twitch stream, Broken Bonds. It looks like is what it's called. Woot! Um, Thank they, you. They do, yeah, they do Twitch streams um, with uh, while they're playing D and D. I believe, I believe, with their kids. I have not had a chance to go in there and watch it quite yet. More than like five minutes, but but they uh, they have a good time. So it was uh, it was nice to hear. Here's a little shout out and uh, thanks. Thanks, Roy and crew. Very cool. I think that is going to do it for us this week, you guys. A um, couple of items of ship's business on the way out. Uh, if you need to sell some less than legal property that you got from a guy at a shindig, then hit us up on Twitter at sudden butt. If you, you know, need somebody to stand 100 yards away from you with a sharpshooter rifle and watch you while you make an, Ill an illegal cattle deal, then you should follow us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. You can also go ahead and follow us here on Facebook.com slash Podcast so that you can join us live every Friday night as we discuss the show. Josh, hit that music. The Ballad of Inevitability is performed by Mark Cohen and a choir of rebellious angels, and that makes him mighty. The Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch is a Twist My Arm podcast. As always, this week, my name is Jesse. This is Ricky. I'm Kylie. I'm Josh. Josh, take us out of the world.
The Ballad uh, of Inevitability is performed. Uh, what? I don't have the music. <laughs> what music? 